Good evening. Today is August 10th, Tuesday, August 10th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter step is the stories and or prefaces and forewords. And our speaker tonight is Roberto G. Thank you so much, Roberto. Um, hello, guys. I am Roberto. I'm a compulsive overeater from Brandon, Florida, and I'm very grateful to be here. Um, this is only my second time speaking, so I'm a little nervous, um, but I'm excited to be here um, and just uh, grateful for the opportunity of service. Um, so I would like to start by setting up my intention for this meeting. Um, and my intention is not, <clears throat> is not to seek validation um, and from what I say, not to try to sound spiritually enlightened, try to sound super recover. Um, just, I'm gonna try to be as honest as possible. I wanna be genuine and um, just be present, not only in body, but in mind and soul too, so that I could really be of service and perhaps uh, even have God talk to me tonight. Um, so just to qualify a little bit, I, um, I have been a compulsive overeater all my life. Um, it has gotten really, really bad over the last um, 10 years, I'll say. Um, I lied, I cheated, I manipulated, um, I um, abused my kids verbally, um, excessively. Um, and just like the food and the drugs and the alcohol and the sex, that anger um, that I expressed towards my children, I could not um, control. I thought um, I knew that it was wrong, just like all the other addictions, uh, addictive behaviors. Um, and it was killing me to do it, uh, but I could not stop doing it. Um, and that's um, the most painful thing that I've done while in the addiction is um, abusing my kids, the two beings that I love the most. I have two children. I'm a single father. Um, they're both boys, five and 10. Um, I tried everything. I tried um, the juice diet. I tried uh, Weight Watchers several times. I even went into a nutrition class that I paid a lot of money for to learn about how food, what food does to the body when it enters the body. Um, if I would have finished that class, I would have came out with a, um, a certificate to, um, to work as a dietitian. Uh, that's how hard I went for getting knowledge. And it, it, didn't, it didn't help. It didn't help. I could have finished that class. I could have walked away uh, with the degree uh, or the certificate, and um, it wouldn't have helped the problem that I have. And I know that now because um, I am a compulsive overeater. And the only thing that helps me is my higher power uh, and the tools of this program. Um, I came into program about uh, six months ago when I decided to, or when I found, um, I don't know what it was, uh, to be honest to a therapist uh, who wouldn't look at me in the eyes. It wasn't on camera. So since this therapist was on the phone, I had a little bit of ability to be honest to him. 
because the previous ones that I had, I was paying them to fix me and to be honest and to speak my mind. And I couldn't be honest, not even to a person that I was paying to be honest to. Um, so I told this therapist how I felt about food, how I woke up at 3 a.m. in the morning, um, you know, um, uh, irritable and, and discontent and, um, and just restless um, and making promises that I wouldn't uh, eat like that the next morning, that I would do it for my kids, that I would do it for my wife, that I would do it for my parents, for the people that love me, that I would do it for myself. Um, but then when the morning came, it was like I was a completely different person, just going to McDonald's to eat two, 3,000 calories in a sitting. Um, and that duality in my mind was what made my therapist ask me to come into OI. Um, the second, uh, the second I came into OA, my start, my life started changing, um, and it has been a beautiful transformation, um, a humbling transformation ever since. Um, and today, um, I don't know a lot about the uh, preface and and everything else, but um, I I did get into the the stories quite a bit. Um, the one of the meetings that was the dearest to me. Uh, it was a, a, a big book story time that we have in the young persons um, uh, in a group. And it was very small when I came in and that meeting gave me the opportunity to be vulnerable, to be honest and to start recovering. Um, you know, there's, um, I love that meeting. And one of the reasons is because I have a sponsor and I can go into all the other chapters about the steps uh, in death and I could use all those um, uh, recommendations in there. And it's beautiful. I mean, I love the big book um, completely, but those chapters have um, really big words and things that take me a little bit to grasp. Um, as you probably noticed already, English is my second language. I am originally from Cuba. So Spanish is my, my first language and it's kind of like complex for me to understand all these big words from 1939 that this absolute genius Bill W. used. But when it comes to the stories, when it comes to these people just telling their everyday life, I can connect, I can relate to this. Um, and um, these stories are um, saving my life. Um, um, you know, the other thing that I loved about that meeting was uh, how small it was and since it was small and we had a pretty, um, very high energy leader, um, she actually gave me no choice. She asked me to share. I couldn't hide behind the camera. I couldn't just listen. I had to share. Um, and I got permission at this meeting to be honest and to be vulnerable. Um, and that's when the growing started. Um, so I would like to go um, through um, the the story called Student of Life um, on page 319 uh, and just um, kind of like go over a few things in here because this is the story that I can relate um, to the most. Um, and the first thing um, that I could really relate to um, when I was, uh, before I came into a program was that um, here, uh, this, um, uh, fellow is saying, I was unable to handle and understand my emotions. I always felt as if everyone else knew what was going on 
and what they were supposed to be doing. And my life was the only one that was delivered without an instruction book. And I mean, this, this describes me to the T. Like I, I thought I was an alien. I thought uh, there was the world and then it was me outside of that world. Um, and I thought that I could just go into a corner and start, you know, punching the world. Uh, and it was me against the world. And, and sometimes I got some type of energy out of that, but that didn't last long. Um, you know, that the whole um, thing that I've heard before that that we feel like we didn't get the memo, that's how I felt. Like I felt like I didn't get the memo. I just couldn't figure anything out. I didn't know who I was. I had no, um, I couldn't make decisions. I just didn't know who I was. Um, my wife would ask me things like, why, why are you, why don't you just be who you are? Why do you have to mimic other people? I, I didn't understand what she meant until I came into program. If you like blue, I like blue. If you like um, um, football, I like football. Whatever it was that you liked, um, I was trying to get cues. I was trying to ask questions and look at your body language to get cues, to see what it was that you needed from me so that I could provide that. Um, and I'm still trying to step away from that. Um, it, it takes a long time. It's been 30 years of that. So um, you know, it's a growing process. Um, um, the other thing that I can really relate to from this um, story is um, here on page 321, she says, when I got um, home that evening, I drank at least half the fifth in front of the television set and watched reruns until I passed out. And I did this every night by myself for almost two years. This has been the last, was the last two years of my life before I came into program. I was divorced. Uh, I was I, just out of bankruptcy. I lost my mom to this disease, my aunt to alcoholism and my grandma to cancer. And I just found what I needed there to just isolate myself in depression. So all I did was I lived through Netflix. If I saw a show in Netflix where the guy was a cool cop, then I fantasized about being a cool cop. And that was the only thing that will give me joy, that, the alcohol, the drugs, the sex, and the, um, and the food. Um, next thing here is um, rationing the number of bottles I threw away at the same time so the trash bags wouldn't clink. I mean, I remember when we went over this um, in the big book story time, and I love this because everyone came out with their own, you know, this is the crazy stuff that I did, um, and I just, I needed to laugh about those things. I saw how everyone was laughing about these things that I would have never been able to tell a friend, hey, listen, when I go to, my, to, to this fast food restaurant, I order two drinks because I don't want the person in the window to know or to think that the, all that food is for me. So I ordered two drinks. That was painful to me. I couldn't tell that to a friend. But in here, when other people shared their things, we would just laugh about it. And it was okay. It is okay. I didn't feel alone. Um, and that acceptance uh, kept me coming back and wanting to recover. Um, so that was very important to me. Um, what else? Here on page 323, she says, Am I, all I really wanted was a decent job so I could be independent and productive. I could not understand why life just wouldn't cut me a break. Um, you know, I thought that life um, owed me something, owed me better, that I deserved better. Um, and I thought that I had to claim those things that I thought I deserved by myself. 
and that I had to get those things by myself. And then when I came into program and I heard those nine step promises, things like, you know, financial freedom would, would leave us. I thought, okay, so I'm going to be so recovered and so great in this program that um, I'm going to have tons of clients. Everyone will want to work with me and I'll be a millionaire and I'll be sick. And then I won't have to worry about financial problems. And that's not it. I actually decided to leave my business and um, go work for someone so that I could be a service to them. I'm making less money, but I don't have money problems. When I get to the end of the month, I am fine. My kids are taken care of. Um, I love my little house that keeps them safe. My car gets them safe to school and to the park. And that to me is um, being financially free for, uh, for today. Um, uh, what else? I would actually like to get into the solution. Um, there's one more here in 325 that she says, it had been very difficult for me to stay dry for 31 days. The obsession spoke to me every day. Um, I had periods when I lost a lot of weight. I, I did a, a vegetable juice diet for almost uh, a month and I lost like close to 30, 40 pounds, ridiculous amount of weight. Um, but the food tormented me every single second. I, the food never let go of me. Even when the clothes that I wanted to wear fit um, and I kind of like liked the image of myself in the mirror, physically, um, I was being tormented by the food. I was being um, persecuted by the food. Um, and, you know, the, the times, the, those snacks that I had timed up, they just, those those three hours in between meals it seemed like three months it was crazy how time stopped and i just needed to go to that snack before like the, the, this 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 little old meal thing that i can throw in the floor and step on has no fight physically against me but when it came to my mind it, had, it completely had me in chains um so um I would actually get into the solution now here on page 326. She's starting to um, go into a meeting and she says, I have never been so nervous in my life, but the words came out naturally as I described the events that led up to the meeting that night. That was the first time that she shared at a meeting. Um, and I realized in that story time meeting that when I don't think what I'm going to say, I end up saying what I think. Um, and since then, I've tried not to do, you know, that content prior to investigation and um, writing notes about what I'm going to speak about and all that. I'm, I'm trying to stay away from that so that I can actually say what's on my mind um, and not seek validation and not, um, you know, say what I think people want to hear because that only guarantees that I don't live in the present. Um, what else? Oh, she says here, um, after being in, in, in meetings, she threw herself at AA and uh, she says, I did everything that was suggested. I made coffee, took commitments and got involved with service. Um, you know, I could, this, I could relate to because I did the same thing. Um, I, even when I didn't agree with my sponsor, I did one. Thank you. Even when I didn't agree with my sponsor, I did what he told me to do. Even when he called me a selfish a-hole, um, I stayed. Uh, and he, if, he that, if he had done that two months before, I would have given him the finger. I never called him again. 
um, but I stayed um, and I realized that I am a selfish a-hole and, and I'm dishonest and that's what brought me to program and um, that that's the root of my problems that my wife wasn't a fault it was me um, all of it and that realization has not only made me recover um, and, and step away from the food that realization of powerlessness and, and of humanness and of hopelessness um, is what keeps me coming back and is what keeps me um, happy and, and joyous and free. Um, it is a gift to my children to say that I am limited, that I need God, that I need this program. I think it is my responsibility to share that with my children so that they don't think that I am a super dad or a superman uh, because I would never be able to stand, you know, um, match that. Uh, and and they, they, they need to see that. They need to see how limited I am and how much I help, how much help I need so that they can, they know that they need that help too, that they're not alone, that it's okay to not be perfect, that it's okay to make mistakes, that it's okay to be themselves. Um, uh, so I'm working really hard to staying away from that rigidity and that perfection uh, so that I can be a positive, you know, a positive role model for my kids. Um, and I'm learning that here in program um, by being of service, by being here tonight. Um, when Subin uh, asked me to be here, I, I was going to say no. I was going to say no, I have a meeting already. Uh, but I didn't have any commitment to that meeting. It's just a meeting that I like to go to. And saying no to these would have been stepping away from service position. Um, from fear and from being selfish of not wanting to be here and be nervous about sharing all this stuff about my life to be vulnerable and and uh, and you know actually admitting that I used to abuse my children i i don't I don't want to say that, but it's the truth um, and just as I'm responsible for um, being a role model to my children in honesty, I think I'm responsible for coming in here and being honest and open up my heart and saying that I'm freaking out, that I'm trying to figure all these things out still uh, so that, you know, maybe there's someone here feeling that same thing today. Maybe there's a newcomer here going through those things and, you know, they can find, you know, find the permission or the, uh, I don't know, the acceptance or, or the, just relating to me being honest. They might be able to just be honest themselves and, and, and ask for help. Um, I think that that's the first step, um, asking for help. is actually realizing that we have a problem um, and that it is okay to have that problem. Um, I want to see if there's something else here. Um, I know I don't have much time left. Um, but, uh, oh, she said the promises have begun to materialize for me and there's still so much to do. These promises, these nine-step promises have really started to materialize for me. Um, and a little bit of it started right from the beginning, but a ninth step, uh, my ninth step um, amends, they actually um, started to become more apparent to me. And sometimes I come in here and I feel in such a way, thank you, I'll close up with this. I come in here um, and I feel in such a way that I can't believe it gets any better than this. It's only been, it's only been six months. And my life has been completely different. I used to spend all my money on escorts and drugs and alcohol and food. Um, and I don't do any of those things today. Um, and it has been a, a complete 
180 uh, degree uh, transformation. And I just can't believe that it gets better than this. Uh, and I just can't wait to see what my higher power has um, in store for me. And by the way, which I forgot to say, I was an atheist before I came into program. I found God here. And the second I opened that little, they just cracked that open, uh, that door open for God to come in. I feel like he just came in sweat style to, you know, just kicking down to rescue me. And he has rescued me. And um, I'm just very grateful to have a God today. Um, I'm grateful for abstinence. Um, and I'm very grateful to be here tonight and just to be of service. And with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Oh, thank you so much, Roberto. That was, you know what? I'll just tell you later because I'm trying to follow crosstalk rules better, but you can, you can tell from all the emojis that I used, um, <laughs> what the, what my feeling was. Thank you. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minutes, start over or for three minute shares as this is a big book study sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. Would the timekeeper, Subin, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? Uh, hi, um, Harvey's up first, followed by Eddie. Uh, hello, everybody. My name's Harvey. I'm anorexic, exercise polemic, and restrictor. Roberto, oh, man, you knocked that out of the park. That was beautiful. I mean, oh, man, that was just wonderful. There were so many um, uh, things that you talked about. Um, I thought of don't leave five minutes before the miracle happens. Um, and I really liked uh, what you said about just showing up as yourself. Um, you know, the humility, um, your vulnerability and honesty um, and your courage to just be yourself and um, those are important to me because I find it very difficult to just be me in the raw without trying to project uh, some kind of image, which, um, and those are the things that I'm praying for the willingness to unlearn today and replace it with, you know, uh, a positive message. And I, I was really struck by your willingness to um, you know, show up tonight, even though you want to go to another meeting, um, that you like, and, and that's putting service first. And it's important for me to see people who are modeling, um, this business about being of service, which is an area that, uh, I am, um, moving toward. Um, so, um, I'd, I'd like to get you know, to know you better, Roberto, because I, I want more of what you have, and I'm going to close with that. Uh, thank you so much.
Sorry, I thought it unmuted. Thank you, Harvey. Eddie's next. Hey, I'm Edie, a compulsive oh, Edie, overeater. Sorry. No, you're good. Happens every day. Uh, thank you so much for your share, Roberto. You know I love you. Um, I feel like I've watched you sort of grow up in this program and grown up alongside you um, in the last four months. Uh, this story was also so close to me, um, student of life. That was our first, that's my dog. Um, that was our first story we did on that story time meeting. And I'll, I'll never forget like the, n I was maybe like a week into program and I felt so bold to like share on that meeting and so like accepted and um, just like unafraid. Whereas on other meetings, it's like pretty, pretty nerve wracking. Um, to share as a newcomer uh, and there were like four people on that meeting so like I was chilling but um, I, I did it came up for me after um, you mentioned the line on 320 about the instruction book uh, feeling like we didn't get the memo and everyone else got an instruction book and I just I got an image in my head of our fellow like holding up the big book and saying this is it like we got it it's right here we did get one um, and I was just like oh that's one way to look at it and I'll never forget um, her saying that. Uh, and secondly, on that same page, um, the thought about an unfinished jigsaw puzzle. And um, as soon as this person took that drink, the last piece seems like it snaps into place. And I remember sharing that, um, you know, translating the analogy to food, like feeling like my day was an unfinished jigsaw puzzle. And all I had to do was start that first compulsive bite and start binging. And then it seemed like the puzzle was complete, but really what I was doing was just putting the cover of the box onto the puzzle and pretending it was complete. You know, like I, I just, that analogy just came to me and I'll never forget that. And I actually do a lot of puzzles. So like, it reminds me of it every single day of how it's just like, we're fooling ourselves, you know, like we're fooling ourselves thinking that this sort of numbing out and the food can fix whatever the hole in our heart is. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to share that. And also the idea of analysis paralysis. I was talking about that with my sponsor today of just like overthinking and um, seeking validation. I share that same sort of defect and I appreciate your willingness to have the intention to, you know, intentionally avoid doing that. Um, you're wonderful. Thank you so much for your share. Thank you all for having me. Thank you all for being here. Have a great day. Thank you, Edie. My name is Nina, compulsive overeater. So people call me Nina. So I, I'm sorry about that. Um, next is Kira, please. Hi, everyone. I'm Kira. Um, Roberto, I really was just very, very moved by your share and am inspired by you on a daily basis. So just thank you so much. I really think that just the perspective that I have now versus when I was really sick and suffering. Um, I'm very grateful for it because the thing and the things that I thought would repel people like so far away from me, um, my truth and my truths are, are what allow me to feel close and connected to people today, especially in program. And I just observed that in this meeting of you just opening up and the nods <laughs> And the way I related it, it just shows me that I can continue to be honest and, and look at things and turn them over and me pretending they're not there or me being scared to 
look at them is is no longer how I can live. I can't afford I can't afford it. Um, plus, I get a lot out of opening up. So just thank you for showing me that tonight. Um, I just wanted to address my one of my favorite paragraphs of this chapter is the last one, and it says. But just as material losses are not necessary to indicate alcoholism, material gains are not the true indicator of sobriety. The real rewards aren't material in nature. I have friends now because I know how to be a friend and how I know how to nurture and encourage valuable friendships. And it goes on to list other examples and just the gratitude this person has for their higher power to for showing them the truth. And if that's like what I can do in a day is like show up and be a friend. It reminds me of like St. Francis prayer stuff. And it just reminds me of, um, I guess the name of the chapter, like it's student of life. It's not, I graduated recovery. It's not, um, I stopped doing this. Um, I've also heard like, this is the work of my life. So I have to constantly be learning and on the pursuit of learning. And along the way, I might <laughs> encounter things that make me uncomfortable. I'm, I'm here, I'm bound to encounter things that make me uncomfortable, but I get to learn from them and grow. And if I hadn't pursued that in the first place or been shown that in the first place, I wouldn't be where I am today and who knows what's in store to me, but yeah, just thank you again. Uh, and I also love that you said your excuse for not coming tonight was gonna be another meeting. Like if that's not a, entire psychic change you didn't say oh I was gonna like go frolic around and watch Netflix all night you were it was this or go to a meeting so I just I admire you a lot and thank you everyone thank you Kira next up Amy B hi everybody Amy B compulsive overeater living in a recovered state today um thank you Nina thank you um Victoria for stepping in team Tuesday thank you thank you Subin for asking Roberto to speak tonight. And thank you, Roberto, for a, a really great share, like a really great share. I cannot believe it is your second time sharing. I am bursting with gratitude right now. I am bursting with joy over your recovery, over your expression of your recovery over all of the faces that have joined this meeting tonight over oayoungpeople.org. Yes. Oh my goodness. I, I, I am very moved. I am very grateful. I am bursting with it. I could not keep my finger off that heart emoji through your whole share. You picked a beautiful story. You told it with such authenticity. I also, the fact that English is your second language and you use it to, to I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I can't find words in English right now and, and it was my first one and you used tonight just your experience and your, and your truth to communicate this solution and how it's available to everybody and how you came in as an atheist and you found a higher power. Um, I am so grateful to have been here tonight. I wanna to welcome every single new face. I wanna encourage everybody to continue to become, be a part of this collective. We're here Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday nights. And um, I'm just really, really, 
feeling grateful for this program, the fellowship, and what my higher power has led me. I've never been so grateful to be a compulsive overeater, man. Wow. Wow. Thanks. With that, I pass. Thank you, Amy. Next up is Elena R., please. Hi, everyone. I'm Elena, compulsive overeater, restrictor, gratefully recovered in New York. Uh, thank you, Subin, for asking Roberto to speak and Nina and Victoria stepping up last minute. So, Roberto, I like behind me talking right now, I'm like on the verge of tears and I rarely get emotional during people's shares. And it's not so much of what exactly you shared, although your life is a miracle, it's that you brought your whole self to this entire call and your spirit is just so like, I am literally fighting back, like crying right now, just because you're just so open and, and I'm risking, you know, I had my hand up and then I put it back down, but it's like, why don't you just be yourself? Right. That was your message. Like, why don't you just be yourself at the risk of me sounding too mushy or too whatever, or, you know, I'm always like, you know, trying to like put myself down to like fit in. And I too, when I was younger, even now is like, did everybody else learn about life? But me, like, I can't make decisions. <laughs> like I just, and sometimes I'm like, I just suck at life. Like, I just, I just don't know. But another thing that you were saying, um, what I really, really appreciate was how you set the intention for the meeting and not seeking validation and not, you know, you said, Hey, move my ego out of the way. God, if you're going to speak, come through me. Right. And so one of the things that I was dealing with this week, um, was, am I just saying words to my higher power? You know, am I just going through the prayers in fear that I'm, if I don't do it right, I'm going to lose my recovery. Or if I don't do it right, you know, X, Y, and Z, or if I say something wrong, I'm not going to be accepted in this group, or they tell me to do it X, Y, and Z. So I have to do it that way. And what I'm hearing and, and what, you know, my sponsor and I were talking about was, you know, just like you did tonight is like, I'm authentic and sincere and wanting to heal and wanting to connect with my higher power. The rest is just semantics. And that's like what I heard from you is like, I'm just bringing myself. I have a sincere desire to heal. I have a sincere desire to connect to my creator, you know, and the rest is, is all going to work out itself because this is a spiritual program. And I heard God, I heard my creator through you speaking tonight, through your vulnerability and bringing yourself like, Hey, I'm human. I, I can say I'm recovered. It doesn't mean I'm still not an asshole sometimes, you know, it still doesn't mean that I'm like, you know, I yell at my kids, I, my kids, one kid not having any more, but he's five. <laughs> he's five and I'm 40. So that's not happening. So anyway, um, but I heard God um, through you tonight. And the thing, um, and the other thing about that, about this whole, like, prayer and meditation and how I do it. Who gives a shit? You know why? Because it's nobody's business. I don't need anybody's approval to do things the way that I want to do things or to say the prayers differently without the these and the thou. And thank God for the concept, this choose your own conception meeting that I can feel free to do that. All right, I'm preaching. I'm going to stop. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad we got that on the recording. Um, <laughs> I would now, because it is 8.47, I would now ask our Zoom host to please stop the recording, if you would. <laughs>